True Crime Podcast. Some of the content on this show might be too graphic for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hi guys and welcome to Crime Wives. I'm your host, Veronica. And I'm your host, Destiny. And before we get into things, we're going to ask you to do things. And by that I mean, can you please go wherever you're listening to this, almost said straight to your app, (laughs) Um, and give us some stars of any kind, but preferably All the stars. (laughs) All All of them. All of the stars. Uh, If you could rate and review us, that'd be great. If you review us, we'll shout you out, as you have maybe heard from the last few podcasts. Yes. Um, we want to talk and about you and thank you. Yeah, and if you if you write us a review, we'll talk about you for a long time, apparently. Sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> but you're welcome. But you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you haven't already, please also give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and if you would like to connect with us, if there's anything you'd like us to read, if you'd like us to mention you in some way and on the podcast, however, you can email us at crimewivespodcast at gmail.com. Um, or if there's any story you want to, yeah, whatever, however you want to, you can. Yeah. I mean, a recent thing that we've had people doing is tagging us in things that they want us to cover. Yes. One of them was not in a language we understood. But But I will look him up. We still go figure it out. (laughs) We're going to, we got this for you. (laughs) Also, if you are new here and you just want to hear the crimey stuff, um, we'll get to it. But first we talk about ourselves a little bit. Uh, we usually just get into that in about. We're going to say eight minutes, sometimes ten. <laughs> Whenever you hear that same song you just heard when you started this, again, that's the crime part. You can fast forward. Don't judge us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let us talk about ourselves. Yeah, it's our podcast, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> okay. Um, so like we stated, which is now last week, um, this is a two-part episode. So we're going to kind of get into the second part of it. Um, and so to start that off, Veronica, what are you doing this week? Well, it's Thursday still. <laughs> so, um, uh, oh, wait a second. Oh, man. Oh, I'll fill in crickets, crickets, <laughs> crickets. <laughs> oh, that does, that is pressury. Um, actually, I'm also doing nothing this weekend, except that we, I have like massive amounts of things that I've just put off for, I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'm just going to get to that. Go- I'll do that like, tomorrow, next some week. Some shopping things I need to get done, some weird spots of my house that get dirty without me <laughs> realizing it, and I'm like, oh, I do have a four-year-old. And I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna attack that this weekend. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that sounds entertaining. Yeah. And uh, Travis has the weekend off, which isn't always, I mean, he's literally been gone all week. I don't know what my husband looks like today. <laughs> um... So I'm going to hang out with him. <laughs> you said he's going to a duck game? He's going to the duck game next weekend. Oh, so okay. my aunt is a season pass holder. And so whenever she doesn't have anyone to take, she'll just kind of send out a message to the next family member that she'd like to invite. So last month it was me. And then she's had a few other family members. And then she just messaged me last week and was like, does Travis want to go with me? And I didn't know if he didn't work or not. So he sent his work calendar to us to like every, we work for the same company. Yeah. Um, so he sent the work calendar to everyone and I opened it and it was like, what he's doing all the days of the week. And then 16th, no work, duck game. I was like, he put it on his work calendar. <laughs> he's like, I'm excited. Okay? He's like telling everyone at the office, clearly <laughs> I'm going to a duck game. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be next weekend. But, um, this weekend, we're just going to do some family stuff. I have been... there. There's been a lot of things that I tell Lincoln 
they'll just wait. Essentially for payday, yeah. essentially is what it is, is I'm like, ah, just wait, nah, just wait. Lincoln literally knows that tomorrow is payday. He got, he knows that <laughs> he calls paydays Starbucks days because every other week we have to go pick up our paychecks. And so he knows those mornings we're going to go stop at Starbucks on the way. And so we didn't last Friday and he has been sick all week. So he's been sick all week and it ch- vastly changes the three hours on Tuesday and Thursday that he's gone. Yeah. He was sick all week long. So my house is a freaking mess because of him. He's gone today, back at school today, and I'm at work. I, I work at home, obviously, and I'm at home, and I'm like, dude, I've got no phone calls. I've got no emails. I'm going to clean my living room. I took One of the times I was taking a phone call and wiping down my coffee table, I was like, this is so therapeutic, and it's so clean, and it doesn't smell like farts in here. <laughs> and then he comes home. He came home, and I was like, don't touch anything. We're going over to Aunt Rabbit's house after this. Ty's watching you. He was like, he... We walked in the house. He goes, smells nice in here. I'm like, it doesn't smell like you, yeah. huh? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I guess. I'm like, I'm just kidding. I love you, but you're stinky. <laughs> they get stinky so young. They do. And he's been sick. So he, um, whenever he gets a cold, he's also, <laughs> the only person I've ever met in my entire life who refuses to blow their nose. He knows oh, no. how to. He pretends like he doesn't and he'll go, I can't. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're just breathing slowly. It's so strange. So he, when it used to be whenever he'd get a cold, I was like heartbroken because my baby was sick. And now I'm like, man, he's got a cold. Now I'm going to have to hear about him not blowing his nose for the next three days. Have you ever like tried to stick the, the squirty stuff in his nose? Oh, to make would it you drain? like to do that to a four-year-old? I have no tomorrow? idea. Maybe. <laughs> All the way up. I'd be like, yeah, cry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you as a parent, you can babysit soon for sure. <laughs> he... I just give your child back and he hates me. He's and I'm like, like, I never want to go to Destiny's again. <laughs> Sorry, Link. Hey, I babysat one time. Yeah. I don't know how I do with a sick kid. I'd be like, no. I, like one of our friends was like, hey, my kid has pink eye. Will you come over on your lunch and watch him so I can run to the store? And I was like, absolutely uh, not. You mean he has something I don't want? <laughs> yeah. No. Keep your child and your pink eye away from me. Thank you. So I was like, no. A, I will not. But then B, I babysat our friends, one of my friends' kid, and he's like nine now. Mm-hmm. But when he was like six, and we went to the Gilbert house, we went to Red Robin, I was like, we had a great time, and then we get back to my house to wait for his dad to pick him up, and that boy stank, he took off his shoes, and I was like, oh my god, I'm like gagging, I'm like, put your shoes back on, Kenny, please do it (laughs) right now, but I mean, he's so cute, but I was like, dude, you start stinking so quickly. Yeah, there's gonna come a point where Lincoln's just gonna stink more than he already does, which he doesn't, thankfully, he doesn't, he just makes my living room stink for some reason, (laughs) Um, but he usually smells fine, he still kind of has a little baby smell to him, and I'm like, oh, this is great. Give it a couple years, Yeah. sure. Oh, I, I mean, also, though, I am... I am. I don't know what personality type this. What what category I would fall under? I always try to say type A. I am not type A. But anyways, I like my house real clean. <laughs> so I know that as he gets older, that's going to be somehow more difficult than it already is because he's not gonna care. I mean, yeah, I'm, he's I'm, just gonna start throwing things, and the things just get bigger. Like his socks get bigger, his shoes get bigger. And the no. smelly things are just everywhere. Yeah, he just won't care about his. I mean, him in general, I think. And so, 
making he's him... Travis's son yes <laughs> just like here it is when I first met Travis I thought he had such a clean room and I was like oh my gosh this guy is so clean and then Jake good old Jake was like did you see his room yet and I was like yeah I saw his room and he was like okay well are you guys officially dating now and I'm like yeah we're officially dating he's like let me show you something I helped his... him clean his room and he opens the closet, closet. and stuff just came pouring <laughs> out and I was like <gasps> I have already agreed to date him exclusively. <laughs> I was, oh. I, and Travis was like, and all the clothes I was wearing on our first date was also Jake's. I'm like, cool, I'm dating Jake with long hair. <laughs> Just straight duped. Just straight duped. I have been duped. duped, yes. So anyways, that's what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> story time. Yeah. No story time. Yeah. You're welcome. It's a fun. Hey, you know what? It was eight minutes. You're welcome. Fast forward. <laughs> that being said all of that being said what are you doing this week okay so I'm actually pretty stoked on this one so today I'm gonna be talking I'm stoked on all of them yeah Let me I'm correct always stoked. um but this one I'm pretty stoked about Ooh, we'll just say wait that's what I meant to mention last week is before we sat down I was like I think I found my new obsession Mm-hmm. Munchausen's by proxy. It's my new weird. I can't get it out of. Did my... you watch that Hulu on Gypsy? Oh yeah, Gypsy I've seen Rose. all of them. Yeah, yeah, I was like, Ooh. which I had definitely heard all about the story before, but then watching the show, I was like, it is weird and rough. It's just a very, very strange thing that happens to people that I cannot get my brain. I open. can't imagine. Yeah, just that your brain is mentally ill and you just need to lie, just and like say something's wrong with I don't know yeah I just anyway I just needed to get that in this week sorry gotcha okay so today I'm going to be talking about Sharon Kinney heard of her I don't think so okay so Sharon was born Sharon Hall on November 30th 1939 in Independence Missouri to Eugene and Doris Hall when Sharon was 16 she attended a church function and met James Kinney so needs her soon to be we'll see a 22-year-old soon to be we'll see. Um, so James Kinney was a 22-year-old college student. Not long after James and Sharon dated, Whatever they did. saw each other, had yeah. a good time for oh, no. a short. They just for a short amount of time though. Um, while he was at school or while he was home from school, he left to go back to school at Brigham Young University. Oh, Brigham Young. Yes, at BYU. Which, for anyone that doesn't know, obviously I do, is a school owned by and has a strong religious affiliation with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. So, Sharon had always wanted to get out of the Missouri area. So, when James left, she wrote him and said, Hey, I'm pregnant. Oh, oh, you're at BYU and I'm pregnant with your child. Yes. So, oh. after this news, James came home and married Sharon forging their marriage certificate and saying that she was actually 18 and that she was actually, so she was saying that she, I thought she was 18. No, she was 16 and he was 22. Um, and so at this point she's like, I'm pregnant. He comes home. They decide to get married. They have to forge her marriage, their marriage certificate saying she's 18. And she actually put that she was a widow. She claimed that because her family briefly moved to Washington state and she said she met a man, she married him, but he died in a car accident. Why? Why did, did I don't that know. help with the, this is why we're Maybe getting married? Maybe it made her seem older. 
Yes. I've already done this. I've already been married before. Okay. And I... now he's dead. Yeah. I... Um, so there's no proof to back up that this man man so weird addition was there. to the story. Okay. Maybe. Just wait. Okay. So Sharon told James that she had a miscarriage, but if she was actually pregnant in the first place, very unknown. Oh. Uh, but they think that it's said that she was lying about that pregnancy just to kind of trap him for lack of a better word yeah well sounds um, like it worked because it they were married now yes. so sharon ended up converting converting and becoming mormon and the two had a large wedding the following year and moved back to utah where james returned to school but only um he only attended about a semester and the two moved back to independence missouri okay so, so there they are. <laughs> He's working as an electrical engineer and Sharon's working at random jobs. And then she's like doing babysitting, but then working at like local boutiques and different shops. Um, and in the fall of 1957, they ended up having a little girl named Dana. Okay. So they do have a child. They do have a child now. So Sharon. And he's like six years, eight years, eight years older than her? He's six years older six than years, her. Six years, six years. Yeah. Sorry, math is hard. <laughs> um, so Sharon was known for spending a lot of their money even though they did not have the extra money to spend. So she's like, I'm just going to buy what I can, even though I can't. Even though I can't. (laughs) Um, So her husband was working nights, and Sharon got pregnant again with a little boy named Troy. After Troy was born, Sharon would spend her days basically just spending money all day long. She was bored. She was like, okay, well, I'm going to go buy things. Um, Until it was time for her to meet up with the multiple, multiple men she was sleeping with. Oh, whoa. That was, oh. Adulterist. Uh, okay. Um, but she did have a main lover. Oh, so was there it was her husband? No. Oh. She had a specific... Side piece. Side piece. <laughs> a fairer... I don't even know what it is. Yes. But main lover. We'll call him the main lover. The main lover. Um, it's like the mainland. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just no, the main no. lover. Yikes, yikes. Um, which was John Bulldee's. Oh, I hate that last name. Who was a friend from high school. We don't end up hating him. I know, but I just, there's some names don't, I don't like them. You (laughs) already know "Mm, that. Not about it. Yeah. Apparently I'm judgmental for people. I'm about to start naming just bad names. My name's Ronica and I judge people for how their names (laughs) Okay, a lot of people, um, never mind. Do they think you're a stripper? Yes. Based off of your name? Yeah, I remember my stepdad one time somebody was like, oh, she has a stripper last name. And my stepdad got super. Pissed. I mean, yes. He was like X fucking skewed because I think I was like fourteen at the time, and they're oh, like, whoa, "Oh, Destiny and her stripper name or something." And he's like, "I'll kill you." Yeah. First of all, inappropriate. Yeah. Second of all, strippers have cool names. Yeah, you're fucking welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I love my name. Yeah. Assholes. You're like, oh, by the way, hi mom. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, mama. Love you. Um, extra love the double E's, but anyways. Yeah, yeah. Into that. That doesn't matter. Um, in March of 1960, James grew suspicious of the affairs, um, and was basically like, Sharon's fucking spending all my money, and I'm and over maintaining it. multiple relationships. Yeah, she, well, and he didn't know for sure at this time, but he's like, pretty sure she's hooking up with some other dudes. And she's spending literally all the money I have in my life. Yeah. So, he suggested a divorce. He suggested it. He's like, so how about? Yeah, and she he probably seems like, was like a really sweet guy. I mean, it sounds. I mean, he he left college to marry her, so that they could start a family together. Sounds like he was just trying to do the right thing. Yes. So in her response to the divorce, she's like, "Yeah, we can totally have a divorce, but you have to give me the house. I'm gonna have full custody of our daughter, just their daughter, just the daughter, and you need to give me a thousand dollars." 
Like a month or? No, like $1,000. But this was back in like the 60s. Okay. So okay. It, was, it was a decent amount of money. Yeah. I think it was like at least 23000 or something All there. of the things that you've given us to support us, you cannot keep. Yeah. Plenty. And you keep the sun. Yeah. So. <laughs> and only, the, that is so strange. That I found really weird. That hurts me in my soul because I only have a son. <laughs> and like, if I was like, I will keep you him. keep him. Oh, I can't even pretend to let someone yeah, keep him. No, except for it. you did earlier. <laughs> We're joking around about him living at his grandparents' house. (laughs) Definite joke, though. Definite joke. Super, super joke. It's more funny because I'm the opposite. Yeah, you're like, yeah, it's my baby. Get away from me. (laughs) Um, Anyways, after James spoke with his parents more, so his parents, parents, not obviously, but were Mormon. Yes. um, And they were very firm in their religious beliefs, Mm -hmm. and they urged James to stay in this marriage. Oh, no. So he did. No. The day after speaking with his parents on March 19th, 19... I have a feeling they're going to regret that, aren't they? 60. Sharon said she heard a gunshot from James... James's bedroom. And when she went into the room, she found her two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Dana, holding a twenty-two Target pistol. And James had a gunshot wound to the back of his head. Sharon called for first responders, and by the time James arrived at the hospital, he was pronounced dead. Holy crap. There were no fingerprints on the gun due to the oil used to clean it. There was not gunshot, uh, not a gunshot residue test performed on either Dana or Sharon. So Dana's the kid, the uh-huh. two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, or Sharon. Many neighbors noted that James let Dana, the daughter, play with his guns on more than one occasion. Ah. And when the police did a short test on Dana, she proved she was able to pull the trigger. She, like, held the gun like you normally would and pulled the trigger like you normally would. Ah. So this two-and-a-half-year-old knew how to use a gun. N- knew how to operate that gun. But her dad was shot in the back of the head. Suspicious. Yeah, well, definitely. Suspicious. Like you're like, wow, oh, random little two and a half year olds. Like, boom, shoot him in the head. It's like, one thing to hold and shoot a gun and be two. It's another thing to fire at that, like fire that gun and yeah, hit in that specific one tiny area. Target. And the target, it's like up. I don't know. Just but the target is your dad's head. Yeah, you know, like that's it's that's tiny. Yes, compared to ah, uh, nope. So I have questions. <laughs> I, I did too. Yeah. So at the end of the investigation, his death was ruled an accidental homicide. Holy crap. And Sharon collected his $29,000 life insurance policy, which now would have been $230,000. Sharon tried to retrieve the gun from the police. What? Why? She was like, she didn't understand. She's like, can I have my gun back? And they're like, uh, no. No, it's evidence. Yeah. And, and she's like, killed but can I have it? Like, why can't I have it? And then finally they were like, no, you're, we're not fucking giving you this gun, Sharon. Like, it chill out, somebody. lady. It, it killed your husband, bro. Yeah. Like, why do you want it? Yeah. Shouldn't it be? Um, so her friend purchased another twenty-two under a name that was, and she was like, can you purchase this gun for me? But don't put it under my name. Um, is any paying attention what kind of friend is this by the way is he's like a, so oh, it's a he he's a side piece <laughs> it doesn't say he's a side piece anywhere he's a co-worker mm-hmm. who okay. probably gets a little more than his work in during his shift because <laughs> he bought her a gun and was like mm, i'm not gonna add your name to this at all yeah i don't Weird. know i put it under some rain well at first he put it under her name and then she's like no 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 and asked him to switch it. Yeah, that's... I'd be like, um, or I'm just going to actually take How this. How about I don't? Yeah, or... also your son, or your son, your husband was just, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know. Don't you think guns are probably not your thing? Yeah. 
Oh. And maybe, like, please don't let your kids play with this one. Yikes. Anyways. Hate this. So, in walks, we're going to enter two more people. Oh, cool. Patricia Jones, formerly Patricia Clements, and Walter Jones. Patricia and Walter were high school sweethearts. Walter enlisted in the military, um, but after he was discharged, so he served his time in the military, he was discharged and the couple um, had a couple, two children while they, while he was in the military. Oh, so they have two kids? Yeah. Okay. And then they moved to Independence, Missouri. Patricia worked as a file clerk and Walter was a car salesman who had an eye for the ladies. Oh, because they literally are called cars car salesman personality for a reason i know i literally thought about that and i thought of like i mean there's definitely car salesmen that are not douchey but i just thought of an automatic douchey car salesman back in the day yes i so many people come to mind but also i now categorize car salesmen and i don't care who this offends sorry if it offends you but like cell phone salespeople, those dudes are all the same <laughs> they act the same they all have the same personality and hair right they're like what can i do to get you to get this yeah anyways so he had an eye for ladies that weren't always his wife we'll just say that yes. and on april 18th 1960 this is just a month after oh the husband has died a month after the husband has died and she's already purchased a new gun and meets mm-hmm. okay so Sharon wandered in looking for a new car. She bought a Ford Thunderbird. Oh my gosh, my parents used to have, my stepdad and my mom used to have a Thunderbird. Right, I saw that and I was like, oh, Thunderbird. Yeah. Um, using some of the money she received from James's life insurance policy. Um, she also quickly started having an affair with Walter. Oh, cool. I mean, I assumed that's how this was going to go. <laughs> yeah. In walks married couple um she was enamored with walter and she saw walter as her next husband where james is there like a pickup line that's like you look like my next ex-husband or something like that yeah there is which is weird but that's i mean she's probably the reason that exists yeah Mm -hmm. people like her you're my future ex-husband and it's like (laughs) your husband died a month ago anyways so walter saw so she was like all about walter Mm -hmm. sharon's like Walter's great. He's going to be my next husband. Walter's like, you're the flavor of the week. I do this with a lot of people. So you're not the only one. Yeah. So when also Sharon... I'm married. Right? Also, like, yeah, I have a wife, though. So when Sharon told Walter that she was pregnant... Oh, no. She expected him to leave his wife. But instead, he was like, yeah, I think we need to end this. Oh, not about it anymore. No, no thank no. you. Okay, okay. She's so like, the, dang it, this worked the first time. <laughs> Yes. So the following day on May 26, 1960, Sharon called Walter's wife, Patricia. Uh oh. oh. She said Walter was having an affair with her sister. Wait, with Sharon's sister? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, he's sleeping with my sister. Um, and do I you... thought I would do a nice thing. Yeah, I thought I would tell you, do you want to meet after work? And I'll tell you more about this. Oh, no. So this Patricia agreed and. That night, she never returned home. Oh, that's not where I thought this was going to go. Walter filed a missing persons the following day. Walter, looking for his wife on his own, decided to call some of his wife's friends, asking if anyone had basically seen her. When some of the women that Patricia Calder... Carter. Carlota. Um, when some of the women that Patricia carpooled with admitted that she had received a call from a lady wanting to talk to her after work, so they dropped Patricia off on a street corner street corner in their 
town in Independence. Oh, Jesus. They're just like, okay, bye. Yeah. Good luck. They're like, okay, yeah. Well, the, I don't think they knew why she wanted to talk. She was like, hey, I'm actually meeting up with somebody. Can you just drop me off here? Okay. And so they were like, yeah, we can for sure. And there was a lady waiting for her on the corner. Ah. <sighs> So the woman that she carpooled with gave Walter a description of the woman that was waiting for Patricia, and he instantly was like, oh shit. I know this lady. I've slept with her. That I mean, is... I've seen her before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my bad. No, I didn't say I that. I don't know. Um, and yes, it was Sharon. So Walter called Sharon and asked if she was the mystery woman that met up with his wife, and she was like, yeah, it was me. I told her about the affair, and then afterwards, I dropped her off down the street from your house where she started speaking to a man in a green Ford. Mm-hmm. Walter, wanting more information, met up with Sharon later the next day and basically was like, you need to give me all this fucking information that you have on my wife. So I think he... I'm surprised she wasn't like, I dropped her off down your street and I saw a two-year-old driving a car away. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) Jesus. Cannot. I think my two-year-old accidentally hit her with my car. (laughs) She's actually been driving cars lately, so I think she... Picked her up and drove her away. Sorry, it's just yeah. my two-year-old. <laughs> She's wild. Mind of her own. <laughs> oh, no, it's only been a month. Never mind. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so he was like, no excuses. You need to tell me what happened. And he, like, I guess held a key up to her neck. Oh, no, Might not a key. Like, a strong key. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was one of those big, like, mansion keys. I mean, but I guess. <laughs> he did it in, like, a threatening manner. He's like, I need to know I, where my wife You is. tell me or I will key you like a car. <laughs> just right there. <laughs> oh. I mean, it would be different on skin, for sure. <laughs> it's just like a rough take... butter knife. But... <laughs> yeah. It'd be a lot of work. <laughs> Damage would take place. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot of anger has but to But still, go I wouldn't that. be that sketched out if someone held a key to my neck. I'd be like, for real? Yeah, like, uh, nope, nothing, no locks here, bye. Yeah, nothing, nothing bigger. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> so after Sharon gave him the same information, she left and met up with her previous main lover. Oh, the main John. lover. She asked John to help her look for Patricia since she had gone missing. She's oh. like, I don't know where she is. This guy's all pissed off at me because his wife's missing. Will you help me look for her? So the pair had searched and searched when John said, let's go check out this secluded area which apparently is somewhere that Sharon and John used to frequent on their dates. So he's oh. like, let's go, go check Let's out this place in, like, the middle of nowhere kind of thing. Or yeah, like, I'm thinking, like, a lover hill. Here? Uh-huh. Yeah. Go do it out here and just see while we're out there if Remember, there's any bodies. Yeah, like the place where we used to, you know. Mm-hmm. That place when you were yeah. married and we would, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last month. <laughs> God. Yeah. And so they went to their you-know-what place mm-hmm. and came across the body of Patricia Jones. Surprise, surprise. Who had been shot a total of four times with a twenty-two caliber pistol. And the culprit was a two-year-old. I can't let that go. How can you believe it? <laughs> this, this time it got a little, its aim was not as good. Yeah, Because no, no. it hit her four times. Four times. Four times. Um, uh, so the investigation shortly started with the police focusing on Sharon, John, and of course the husband, Walter. Yes. Like, duh, he course. has to be a suspect. Yeah. When questioned, Walter and John gave verbal and written statements claiming their innocence and then both agreed to do a lie detector test. Okay. While Sharon agreed to a verbal statement but refused to do a written statement or take a lie detector test. Uh, suspicious. Exactly. So the authorities continued searching for the murder weapon, even used a team of Boy Scouts to literally, like, scout the whole, literally scout oh, the area. Oh, children out to look for things? Yeah, the Boy Scouts. 
No, 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 no. In a crime investigation, no one under the age of 18 should be out there looking. They're like, hey, Boy Scouts, you want to go scout? Yeah, you want to go uh, find some stuff that maybe um, we don't know if she's killed anyone again. else. Yeah. Looking for a gun, but there might be dead bodies. Bye. You never <laughs> oh, know. That's God. all I'm saying. You very never know. Very true. Very true. Like, yikes. Um, But the weapon was never found. Oh, good. I mean, not good, but, but like, I'm like, glad they didn't find anything. Glad the children. kids didn't find something. Yeah. Boy Scouts of all the kids. <laughs> Yikes. So on May 31st, the night of Patricia's funeral. It's my birthday. And my <laughs> birthday. Just that so on your birthday, the <laughs> night of Patricia's funeral, um, Sharon was arrested for the murder oh, of Patricia. Good. But that's not all the Jackson County Sheriff also requested. They requested um, a second charge of murder be considered the murder of her husband, James Kidd. Good. The following day, Sharon was released on bail, and the investigation continued. They knew that it was obviously not the same murder weapon because the weapon that killed James was in police custody still. Because they wouldn't give it back to her after her requests. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. After she's like, "Can I please have my gun back?" And, and they're it's like, "For the best." Um, crazy lady, no. You know. Chill. So, but that's around the time that Sharon's friend was like, "Okay, so I bought her a gun." Oh no! <laughs> so I did like, this. I'm done something bad here guys <laughs> didn't know it was gonna turn Swear out where i thought it was for good reasons you know as guns are yeah. for random single women yeah i mean yeah protective reasons they are. definitely could be but with a two-year-old who has used that gun before should she really have another gun after her husband just mysteriously anyways a month ago exactly <laughs> so after a search for the second gun the police found a box at sharon's house and potentially it looked like there was a gun in here with ammo, everything like that. But the actual gun was not located. And Sharon was like, oh, I, ex- I lost that gun. Oh, that's convenient for you. On July 18th, she was freed on a bond. And her trial was delayed due to the pregnancy and birth of her and Walter's daughter. So she really oh, was she pregnant really this was time. pregnant. Okay. Um, so she gave birth to Marla Christine on January 16th, 1961. Okay. Okay. Flash this forward. is out of control still. <laughs> to June of 1961. Just fucking wait, dude. I can't even explain to you. I thought this was the crazy part. (laughs) When, so June of 1961, Sharon's trial started for the murder of Patricia. Basically, the trial was a mess. Um, The Undertaker, (laughs) that was a long time ago, Uh handling the body before the autopsy. Um, So due to him handling the body, however he did it, they couldn't get exact time of death. Oh, Okay. Which made it very hard to pin it on Sharon because they're like, we don't even know when she died. Well, yeah, especially because of like a full day goes by, right? Yeah. Or two days? So. It's yeah, like a full day. Yeah. So, um, and so they're like, we don't know if she died like when Sharon was with her right after work or if it was like in the middle of the night or it was that morning or it was sometime. Because oh. some people said, like, the some people said she died 24 hours before, some people said she died eight hours before. Uh, so they're like, we don't know when she died. How are we going to so pin this on somebody? Yeah. Yikes. Okay. So it made it very hard to pin it on Sharon um, and due to lack of evidence. So after an hour and a half, the jury came back citing. Quote, there was just too many loopholes. Oh, no. Without, there's just no reasonable doubt. Yeah. With, yeah, that part is very, very tricky. And Sharon was acquitted. Dang it. Like, in some cases, that's good. When a jury's like, actually, we need all the evidence. Yeah. Because good job on you. However, like, did 
sounds like maybe she deserves like maybe she's gonna go write an oj book where it's like if i did it oh no <laughs> so you have to bring oj into this <laughs> sorry every time it tell me every time you think acquitted you're not like i always OJ Simpson. always we yeah. literally have the book if I did it, I think we bought it as a conversation piece, and it's like one of the main books lined up in our living room. You're like, don't look at it. Don't look directly at I'm it. I'm like, but look at it and then ask me. You want to talk to me about it? <laughs> you guys, I'll have a conversation. Anyways, so yes. after the, she was acquitted, um, one of the jurors literally walked up to her and was like, can I get your autograph? Oh. And she just signed it for it. Speaking of O.J. Simpson. Yeah, just like, oh, garbage human. Yeah, you don't want her autograph for what? What? Where are you going to put it? Oh, I got a serial killer off. Or a killer. Uh, Double. Two. Three. Three is a serial killer. Okay, so a double. A duo. Duo in a a month. Anyways. So the trial of James Kinney started on January 8th, 1962. So of the husband, that the two-year-old and supposedly. Yes. So, the prosecution brought her lover, John, to the stand, where John said Sharon may or may not have been joking when she offered him $1,000 to murder her husband. May or may not have. I'm going to lean strongly on may, but... (laughs) May have not been joking. Yeah. (laughs) She was not. Weird thing to Um, say, but okay. (laughs) They brought up the possibility of the divorce and that she would benefit from the life insurance policy because... And that he was going to leave her and leave her with nothing, basically. Well, the defense stuck with the accidental death side of it, saying it was the fact that it was, in fact, an accident that was committed by their daughter, Dana. And after five hours of deliberation, she was found guilty and sentenced Phew. to life in prison. Okay, I'm happy about that, at least, because, duh. But, damn it, James' parents even thought she was still innocent and said, quote, we can't find it in our hearts to say anything bad about her. And, quote, we still don't feel that she committed murder. Well, that's because they were nice people. So, partially I think that, but then I also heard that she said, if you back me up in public, I'll let you still see your grandchildren. Oh, she pulled that card. But also, she's in jail, so, so I, it's, it's, it's a really, little, I mean, it's a little blur. Chil- who are her children with? Yeah, she control- I'm yeah. not 100% sure. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. very, very interesting. Sounds like they might have just been really nice people who wanted to believe the, that... The best. That, who would rather believe that their granddaughter accidentally killed their son as opposed to the wife. It's all bad. There's no good way of looking at that mm-hmm. scenario. So, yeah. Hard hard to say. Hopefully, I think they're... I mean, no matter what, I think they're great people. Yeah. Yeah. Because even if it's the other one, they're like, I just want to be able to be in my grandbaby's lives. Yeah. Zero, zero good scenario in that one. Exactly. So. So the defense just continued to appeal the case. They got a petition, um, started stating her innocence, and then when they went to like the judge about it, they're like, "This is not a case where you petition for innocence. Like, it's a murder trial. Yeah. Like, what not, the hell? She's not innocent. Um, not. They said the verdict was based on speculation and that there was not enough jurors to select from from this trial." And after the motion was denied, it went to the Missouri Supreme Court, and the conviction was reversed. No, <laughs> I'm so mad. Ugh, I'm this just getting is started. Stupid. I'm just getting started. Oh, I, I hate her. So a second trial began, and after a full day of jury selection, which literally it said lasted from like nine in the morning till midnight. The trial began, but after only a few days, it was deemed a mistrial because one of the jurors had actually been a client of one of the lawyers. Oh, gosh. So, the third trial began. They couldn't just swap them out. 
Like I, it was already multiple days into the trial. Oh, so they're oh, like, oh, you my. know too much. Bye. Yeah. So the third trial began. John again talking about the thousand dollars Sharon offered her, and a friend of Sharon's claiming that Sharon said to the woman, "Quote, get rid of your old man, just like I did." Oh. End quote. <laughs> It's super easy. Just do what I did. Kill him. Yeah. Got a two-year-old? Yikes. I hate But want to borrow mine? Oh, Jesus. I hate that so much. <laughs> and Sharon took the stand for the first time um, in any of the trials, denying any involvement in the murder. And this time, the jury deadlocked in favor of another acquittal. Yikes. So a fourth trial. Oh, good God. Is this five years later at this point? This feels like... A fourth trial was scheduled for October of 1964. So like four years later. Yeah, because that's but, a time. So she was out on bail, actually, at this point. Oh, so in September, right before... So her trial was set to start in October. Um, but in September, Sharon went on a trip with her new lover. Uh-oh. Francis Samuel Pogleis. She been Pugliese. moving on. And... and his name might be Samuel. His name might be Francis. It uh, was different, like, it was swapped in oh, multiple maybe, places. Oh, maybe his name's Francis Samuel. Samuel Francis. Exactly. Yeah? It's one yeah. of them. Okay. So we're just going to call him Francis. Yeah. Um, so Francis and Sharon went to Mexico. Their plan on the vacation was to get married. And that sounds like exactly what she wants. So Sharon claimed she felt unsafe, so they had brought a couple guns with them. Oh. To Mexico. Did he know nothing about her? I have no Didn't he fucking think, you know, idea. Guns are not super great with you. Uh, it sounds like you've not like the best. Like this ain't your thing. So since she felt unsafe though, while they were in Mexico, she bought another gun. Good. How many do they? What? So they have multiple guns in Mexico with them. At least three. For what purpose? Except because they didn't feel safe, Veronica. <laughs> What's not one gun? Not that I think she needs any guns, but why can't one gun be enough? They need a few. Oh my god. So on the night of September 18th, 1964, Sharon decided to leave the hotel without her mister this time. But did she have a gun? She for sure had a gun. <laughs> a gun. I she, bet you she had three. <laughs> <Yeah>. She had <laughs> one in her underwear. She had Bra. one in her shoe. She Bra. had one <laughs> in her ponytail. Just made it sit higher. This tiny hair piece. So she went to the bar by herself, gun in tow. We'll just oh, say that. Okay, yes. Um... And went to a local bar. Alone? Yes. While where on... she met Francisco Paradis Ordonez. Oh my god. She's <laughs> like, I'm here with a Francis, but I met a Francisco. That's fun to say. I like that one more. <laughs> yeah. And she decided to leave with him and go back to his hotel. She said, I just went back to look at pictures and photographs with him. And he started to hit on me. So I was where forced. Where was her boyfriend? He was at the hotel by himself. And she didn't just go back. Why? No. So she went, met Francisco at the bar, and she's like, well, and then we were talking, and then I went back to his hotel to look at photographs. But then he started to hit on me, so I was forced to shoot him. What? And she was like, and I was just shooting at him to scare him, and then I accidentally hit him in the chest, though, when I shot at him. So I am I've been rendered speechless. <laughs> this only happens sometimes, but I literally can't think of what to say about this crazy person. So we just wait. What? Literally just leave. Oh my god. <laughs> so when the hotel worker Enrique Martinez Ruda heard the gunshot, he stormed into the room oh where Sharon god, shot is- him in the shoulder. <laughs> she shot him too. What the fuck? No guns. No guns. 
Sharon she is needs her name no Sharon. gun. Oh, so Enrique, ran, Enrique, 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 Enrique ran off, closing the door on Sharon, and He's called like, "Oh, wrong door, wrong door." Sorry, sorry, sorry. He's like, "Oh my god, I gotta go to the hospital." Closed the door, um, and called the police. Holy Jesus! So the police were convinced that Sharon went back to the room to initially rob Francisco, oh. and that when he did not comply, she shot him. But Sharon obviously said, "I was scared." And I shot in Raycate as well because I was scared he was also going to, he's like, I thought he was going to attack me when he ran into the room. No. no. Or he just heard you shoot somebody. He heard gunshots and came to help someone and instead you shot him? I just, I cannot. I am trying to take this all in. This is too much. I just can't wait till I get to the end of this. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. I am angry. <laughs> so, the couple was taken into custody, so both Francisco and Sharon, um, along with all of their guns. Were, one they, of, were they probably like, yo, Francisco, why why did you think all these guns were necessary? No, it's Francis. Oh, Thank sorry. You. Yeah, Francisco's the other. Oh my gosh, this is wild. Francisco died, so please chill Francisco out. Francisco died. The first one that she initially shot. Okay. Sorry, I, I didn't, didn't say that. He, he was shot and he was killed. Oh. Enrique is alive. All because she may or may not have been trying to rob him. Rob him while she's in Mexico to marry someone. Mm-hmm. Like, and so one of the places I read, they were like, "Well, they think that they might have started to run out of money, and so that's why she left by herself." Oh, so she was like out. out. She's like, "I got you, babe." She's like, "I'll, I got, show you I'll go money. make us some money." Oh, so that makes way more sense as to why she was alone. And then she went to the bar and was like, hey, do you want to see my vagina? <laughs> or however that or works. Or can I see your photographs? Yeah, oh, maybe that. <laughs> Whatever. And then when he was like, yes, I do, then she shot him. And he didn't. Okay. Because he, so, just pause. So the couple was taken into custody along with their guns. One of the guns found was proven to be the gun that killed Patricia. Oh my God. But she had already been acquitted for the crime. And so nothing came of that. Oh. I am ill. <laughs> yeah, I, it's so bad. I can tell. This is the most wild thing. So in 19... 19- she was like, oh, there's that gun. I thought I lost it. <laughs> My bad. Found it. I, Here you, we are in you Mexico. You guys are never going to believe this. But four trials later, oh, those were a different one. Yeah. Jesus. My yeah. bad. So in 1965, her lover, Francis, was soon released of all charges Good. and sent back to the U.S. He's probably like, "Woo! I gotta, I gotta not hang out with women Learned anymore." Learn my lesson. He's like, "Well, I'm about to be single forever." <laughs> Don't take guns to Mexico yeah. with a lady you or barely know just... that's on trial for, like, been on trial five times How for her husband's not death. Know that about her? I don't know. He's brave, very brave. Maybe we'll go ask him. Yeah. Are you gonna provide a picture of her? Okay, so look at it right now. Okay. Oh yeah, I forgot. This is like old fashioned. Wait, that's Patricia. Okay. So the top one, Aww. the top one, very top one, uh-huh. that is... That's her. Sharon. Okay. Uh, I just was expecting her to be more babelicious, mm-hmm. but for the time period, I guess she's They babe. think she's babelicious. Yeah. She's just so cool that everyone loves her. Yeah. And I mean, she has like, she she looks more of like the, the 60s, like what? Yeah, you she looks think very of, like... The, she looks like the depiction of whenever they say, like, the 50s housewife. Yeah, with the cute for sure. Hair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's cute, but I'm still... She actually does not fit what I was picturing for, like, a deranged crazy lady. Yeah. But also, 
that kind of explains why she didn't know what she was doing with that gun. It was just like, ah! <laughs> like, Except for I think she totally knew what she was doing. Yeah, kind of. Except for the guy that just walks in, you just shot him just because he walked in. I but think it is she shot. That he I think in. she sh- well. He came in because he heard a gunshot, so he's like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. And so I think she shot at him to try to kill him, so she could probably get away. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. You're probably right. Instead, she shot. Oh, this is. And bananas. then instead, she shot him, and then she missed. Anyways, okay. So Francis, he was soon released of all charges. He was sent back to the U.S. Okay. Sharon, on the other hand, was sentenced to ten years, and of course, she appealed. And in doing so, was charged an additional three years, no. <laughs> overturning the attempted robbery charge, like, but nah, bitch. increasing <laughs> her time for the murder. They're like, they were real lenient with you. We won't be. Yeah. You get longer. So she got 13 years. Sharon returned to the prison where she was dubbed La Pistolera. Oh, that's... Also known as the gunfighter. Uh, oh, that's not what she is. But she does have a weird... It, fixation with them with her 22s yeah uh-huh. Miss, we're gonna call her mrs 22 uh-huh. anyways Ooh, yeah let's not nickname them anymore. hate it hate it hate it <laughs> okay so then on december 7th 1969 so this rolls around it's multiple years later she's serving her sentence mm-hmm. so it's 5 p.m and it's time for a round at ixtapalopin whoa ixtapalopin Stopalopagus. Stopalopin. Okay. That's definitely not how you say it. I don't know. No, but it's fine. it's like Ixtapa, I'm going to say Ixtapalopin prison. Ixtapa, where is it like? It's literally like Ixtapa. Uh-huh. And then Lopin? A Lopin. Oh. It literally looks like Ixtapalopin. <laughs> so that's just <laughs> so what fun to say. a lot of people are going to hate me, but that's what I'm calling it. Yeah, it's probably Lopin, but you know what? No. <laughs> Lopin? That's so weird. There's no E's or I's. It's oh. Lopin. Like La Pan. La Pan? Stop a Ah, it's so weird. Okay. Just let me call it Ixtapalopin, damn it. Okay. So, 5 p.m. rounds at Ixtapalopin Prison, where Sharon was absent for her roll call. But it was not noticed until the later evening this rounds. Bitch. And finally at 2 a.m., they notified the Mexico City police, and they started looking everywhere for her. Looking for people she had grown close to in prison, looking at the routes that would bring her back to the U.S., and she was nowhere to be found. I'm, I am, I <laughs> The police started looking into her escape and realized that there just happened to be a blackout around the time she was last seen. Wow, it's convenient. There was a lot of theories in the case. Some said that she had a police officer boyfriend that assisted her in escaping. That was my Some first said thought. her mom assisted. Some said someone in the Secret Service assisted her. There was even speculation that Francisco's family, so the guy that she killed in the hotel, mm-hmm. um, had assisted her in escaping and then killed her. And then killed her. But, I mean, if they were to come at me and they're like, I'm going to help you escape, I'd be like, no, I'm good. Uh, I'll stay here. Yeah, no. Maybe Um, she didn't know. Maybe. Mm. It was like her boyfriend, but he actually was part of the family. Or maybe, yeah, maybe he also worked, someone's worked in jail. Who I'm trying to speculate all the things right now. (laughs) So, but in the end, no one could prove any of those theories. And to this day, she is nowhere to be found. Some believe she is still in Mexico. Some believe she went to Alaska where she had some family. Some believe she made it to Guatemala because she was pretty fluent in Spanish by this time. She'd been in prison for three years. Um, And since she would now be 79, some believe that she's passed away. I mean, 79 isn't that old. No. Holy my jolly. So she's out there. She's been living her life since 1969. She's probably got a gun collection that is so huge. She's probably killed so many people. Ah, I hate that thought. 
Holy majoli. That's that's it? That's it. She's just gone. She's gone. There's a blackout she escaped. and one person is gone forever. And she is gone. I mean, it does make me feel that it wasn't her escaping on her own. Oh, like, for someone sure. someone had to have helped her. And if she's never been seen again, maybe she got what was coming to her. But, yeah. And I mean, but they've also said that she, they only searched for her until the end of the year. So in Mexico, they only searched for her until the end of that year, December of 1969. So, so. About was, six months. Yeah. Um, and they, like, I read somewhere that they thought she might have squeezed through a window. I mean, she was pretty petite. She looks very small. Um, so, yeah, but she's literally, I mean, she still has her two daughters, and they're still alive. Her son died in the early 2000s. Um, so it doesn't say, like, if she's had any contact with them or anything like that. I would think, who knows? But... Yeah, I mean, I would try to avoid that, but holy majoli. Yeah, and also, she has like a lot, the longest out, I think it's Kansas City, the longest outstanding warrant. Oh, because she still she has a warrant found. for her husband's death. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, this is wild. That was wild. I read it and I was like, shut the fuck <laughs> And so <laughs> when I said I might have found my niche, I was like, escapes. Yes. <laughs> Except that... for it kind of scares me. Yeah. But. Ooh. I was like, hmm, then where do You're they go? You're still out there. Cool. Yeah, cool. It's like, it's like a cold case how it freaks me out. Except for escapes. Like, we know who it was. Yeah. We just don't know where they are. Ugh. I mean, sounds like her thing. Nope, she's killed a woman. Never mind. She, she doesn't care who she kills. She just has to. She just yeah. wants her life to go the way her life is. And now she, she is, in fact, a serial killer, if you will, <laughs> because she killed three people that she we know She definitely did. Least. Holy moly, that's wild. So that was mine. Good job. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Crime Wives out.